Turn it up. Big stars, events, and hit music now. This is Plan B with Serena Bellissimo. Spin 1038. Just recently, I was wondering what to watch, and you know, I did that usual Netflix search and I came across Queer Eye. I was a fan of the original series, so I don't know. I wasn't sure what to expect from this new incarnation. I do know that I never expected to fall in love with the new Fab Five as much as I did. I didn't expect to connect with the show as much as I did and binge the series in two days. And I didn't expect to ugly cry in every single episode. But I did all of that. And when I finished binging on the eight episodes, I was so upset that there weren't going to be any more. But now we can all celebrate because it has been confirmed that Queer Eye Season 2 is coming back to us. And I'm so excited to say that one of the Fab Five, Karamo Brown, the culture guy, joins us on the line now. Karamo, welcome to Plan B. I'm so excited to be on Plan B. Thank you so much for having me. It is so cool to have you on this show. I was so unsure, as I was saying, when the show, when I heard that the show was coming back. Why did you think that this was a great time for it to come back? Oh my gosh, as a world, we're just so divided. People just, you know, we, we're just not speaking to each other anymore. And yeah. so to have a show that's so positive and uplifting and saying, you know what, let's figure out our similarities and not our difference and focus on our similarities and not our differences, I think this is really special and important. Because that's what shocked me, Karamo, about this show. Because, you know, um, back in the noughties, this was very big, but it was all about, and it was a great show, but it really was all about the makeover. Yeah. With this one, I feel that it's not just about the makeover. Yes, they get a fabulous makeover. Yes, they do. But you're doing inside and out, and there's cultural conversations happening. Like, I, I feel like I walk away with lessons. Yes, well, that's the hope of it you know, when we came in, you know, and this time around, like, you know, uh, for me, especially, I'm so glad when you said that you cried every episode, that makes me actually happy as a, <laughs> as a, as a, a former licensed social worker and psychotherapist. That is what my goal was, is for have people have these emotional moments and for them to grow. Yeah. You know, I think it's just really important. You know, I think the first time around um, the original show, uh, there wasn't an emphasis on making sure someone was growing on the inside. And so for me, it, through those culturally relevant conversation, it was how can we get you pass those blocks so that you can actually grow as a person and feel better about who you are so that it's sustainable and lasting changes. Yeah. So when I hear you say that you cried, I, I love that because it means my job was done. Can we go back to the very beginning, though, before we talk about the fabulous job you did on Queer Eye? Yes. Let's go back to the time where you found out that Queer Eye was coming back, but you found out a little bit too late. It had already been cast. It How did. did yeah. I did, yeah. I found out after they had already finished and I like went um, through my agent and said, hey, will you get me in? They're like, nope, we won't see him. And I had my agent beg, 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 beg. And there was this very sweet woman by the name of Gretchen who was like, fine, I'll give him a shot, but we've already finished finding the guys that we're going to bring in for the final round of casting. And she was sweet enough to let me get in last minute. And luckily... I got the show. That pressure must have been really big because you knew your role in the show, they had in mind who they wanted. So when you turn up to that audition, how do you blow them away? Besides being your, yourself, but what did you do to blow them away? Can I tell you the funny part is when I was in the audition, and this is the honest truth, I was actually helping the other guys to succeed. Of course I, you were. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I would literally come out because it, it was like these little rooms that they would take us into and, you know, we would have to do these little things. And I would come out and I would tell the other guys who were in my category or not, I would say, this is what's happening in there. Listen, you might be scared. And I think that they saw me helping the rest <laughs> of the contestants and were like, oh, he's, he's actually someone who likes to help people. Yeah. And I think that helped because it wasn't a competition for me. And so I didn't 
didn't go in there with the pressure of like, I have to outdo you. I was like, I'm just going to help you. And whoever one of us gets it, you know, is going to be blessed to get this. And, you know, luckily it was me. What did you guys think of each other when you first found out that the five of you were going to be the Fab Five? Did you click right away or was they nervous? The very first day we met in casting, we had started a text chain called the Fab Five. And we hadn't even, we, it was very presumptuous because we hadn't even went through the audition yet. No but way. But we had just, yes, we did. Bobby started it because we had just connected. The five of us connected immediately. Like in the very first minutes of the casting, Tan, Bobby, and I were sitting next to each other. Immediately, Johnny came over, Jonathan, and then Anthony was immediately over there. And it was like, you just sometimes, it's like high school. Sometimes you're just like, hey, you want to hang? And, you know, our personalities gelled from before we even knew that we were going to get the show. Oh my God, I love stories like that. It was meant to be, Karamo. There's a clip online of you guys with the original guys, and in it, you actually say, cheers to the path you've created, and to us walking in our own shoes. Yes. How did you go about walking in your own shoes and not always looking over your shoulder and thinking, what would the old guys have done? Oh, my gosh. It was hard because a lot of times, you know, we would hear from people um, as we were filming, they were like, well, who's going to be the Carson? And we were like, none of us are the Carson. We're all our own guys, you know? And it's not any disrespect because we love the original Fat Five, you know? And so it was hard. But luckily, we had such a bond and a friendship that it was like, anytime one of us would get scared and be like, oh, my gosh, should we be trying to be like the old show, we look at each other and say, girl, wake up. No, just be yourself. And it worked. For so long, it was just you guys. I mean, you you filmed eight episodes, but thanks to Netflix, everything drops at the same time. So while that is a blessing, it can also be a bit nerve-wracking for you guys because you're, you're filming and you're not getting the instantaneous reaction. So what was it like for you when the series drops and all of a sudden you start off with around 20,000 social media followers yes, and I within did. six weeks, you're up to 600,000. What I, are you I, thinking? I, it's crazy. It still <laughs> blows my mind. I mean, and I'm the least active on social media, which is the crazy part. Like, But um, it's humbling to me to be honest with you. I, I find moments where I get emotional and I'm a father. And so sometimes like I'm, I, you know, I get, I get to a place where I'm like, kids come in here and they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, you know, I just want to share this moment where I'm feeling overwhelmed with you because I think it's really important for young boys to see their father have an emotional place and space because it teaches them they can be that way too, because I'm just so humbled by it all. Because at the end of the day, when people say they like the show, they say they're liking us. Yeah. And that's a really nice feeling to yeah. have people say, I like you. No, we don't like you, Karamo. We love <laughs> you. We absolutely love you. I love you. you. Can you come here so we can get a drink? Oh, do you know what? I'm in, in London on Friday. <laughs> Listen, we are having cocktails. I'm holding you to this. Um, well, I'm in London tomorrow, so I'm going to be sending... <laughs> uh, get onto your social media. I will be sending you a message. Um, <laughs> Karamo, you are the culture guy. Yes. But I don't see culture as in just, you know, here's some uh, tickets to the theatre. You give some great advice. Thank you. And you're following through. I know you said you're not very active on your social media, but you're starting to give some great advice on social media as well. And one of the things that really hit home was you said, dear friends, you are a champion. You are the very best. And it is your duty to let others know they are too. Yes. 
Oh, yes. Preach. I know. You know, I think it's so important because the thing is that we all have struggles in our lives, but we also all have triumphs. And a lot of times when we get into those moments where we're struggling, we forget that there is someone else out there that needs to hear that we've made it through. And so for me, it's just reminding people that you are the champion of your own life. You're the very best. And, you know, tell others they are too because we don't hear it enough. You know, a lot of times, you know, we it's easy to throw shade at people and be negative, but it's, it's very, just as easy just to say like, hey, you're really amazing. It has been an extraordinary year for you. You've had Queer Eye, but in your personal life as well, congratulations. Yes! You're getting married. <laughs> He's getting married. I know. <laughs> I found the love of my life and I was like, I was actually waiting for him to ask me to marry me. Yeah. Um, and he's he just was so full of anxiety that I was like, oh, you know what? I'm a hopeless romantic. I'll just do it myself. You know, because sometimes in life, people, we know we want the romantic comedy and we'll wait for somebody else to give it to us. And I was like, nope, I'm going to make my own romantic comedy and um, I'm going to star in it. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to ask him to marry me. And luckily he said yes. Of course he said yes. There's no way he would have said no. The funny part is, girl, I was so scared of the entire day. I was like, even though we've been together for eight years, I was like, he might say no. I like started to really freak myself out, but he didn't. So happy. I'm so thrilled for you. Um, and I have to ask the inevitable question. Are you going to call on part of the Fab Five to come help you plan the wedding or are they just going to be guests? Um, no. So they're definitely going to be guests. <laughs> yeah. But um, Bobby actually helped me plan my engagement party. He helped me put together like the decor for it. So, you know, the thing is, is that we're so used to helping other people that on the day of my wedding, I'm just going to like have them relax and be pampered. Um, I definitely want them to be my best men. So. Oh, don't. That is lovely. Yes. I love it. I love that this show has given us so much, but it's also given you so much. I mean, as I was saying, this isn't just about transforming people's physical look. It is about transforming the way people think and starting cultural conversations that really need to be out there. What have you taken away from this show? You know, for me, I think the biggest thing is not to just define somebody by the labels we put on them. You know, sometimes we start to assume that, you know, one vote or your position makes you who you are. And we start to forget that we are all holistic people. We have so many different parts of ourselves. And it's remembering in those moments where, especially somebody who you disagree with one part of them, to not forget there's other parts of them you may agree with, that they're human beings, that they're family members, that they're children, that they're parents, you know, and remembering that at the end of the day, we just all want love and support. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, there's no such thing as too much love in this world. Amen, sister. Yeah. Now, I know season two is only dropping, but I'm already asking about season three. Is it coming? And will you maybe take it internationally and maybe help out some girls as well? I have someone that I'm thinking of that may want to be on the show. (laughs) We may be talking to her right now. I have a feeling from how beautiful your voice is, you don't need any help. First oh, I need major help, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but no, we, um, season two, we're excited about it. We actually branch out, and I, I think the audience is going to be very surprised because we actually do start to um, support and help um, people that are not just men. Hint, hint. Ooh. And um, season three, we don't know. We're hoping that people just like season two. So hopefully people like season two enough that we can get a season three. Oh, well, we're all wishing for a season three. But in the meantime, yeah. we can re-binge season one and get 
stuck into season two. Karamo, it has been such a pleasure to chat to you. It's a pleasure to chat with you. I can't wait for our drink. Oh, Karamo. <laughs> I, I, as soon as I get off the phone, I'm hitting you up. I know. I love it. <laughs> Turn it up. Big stars, events, and hit music now. This is Plan B with Serena Bellissimo. Spin 1038.